fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? I'm your host, Dr. Henry Ely, and each show we always begin with gratitude. Today, I'm grateful for all the people that come up with these incredible new ideas to help us preserve freedom. And I'm also grateful to everyone who enacts them so that we can learn and we can start getting into this mode of figuring out how we can ensure this never happens again, how we can ensure that everything that we're doing is to preserve freedom forever and freedom for all. You know, today we have special guests, attorney Anna Garner from New Mexico Stands Up and Julie Wentz, um, founder of Freedom Healthcare. And they're going to share with us some very interesting ideas about private membership associations, whether they be for uh, health, for education, for businesses, there's something here that's substantial. I know it, I can feel it in my bones. You know what I'm saying? There's something here that's substantial. It's not an accident that the Democratic National Convention is a private membership association. You know, it, it affords it certain protections that the rest of us aren't even aware exist. So I'm really grateful to attorney Anna Garner coming to teach us about private membership associations and for Julie Wentz to come in and share with us her experience of actually creating one with Freedom Healthcare. I think it's going to be a great uh, two segments that we have after the break, everybody. You know, the worst thing that we can do is dismiss a reasonable idea before it's even explored. And I've seen far too many people in the movement doing that. They're like, oh, that won't work. Oh, poo-poo this. Oh, poo-poo that. Well, you know what? That's the mentality for the defeated. And if you're going to be defeated, you might as well go and lay down in a six-foot grave on your own because you don't need us for that. But when people are actually doing something good and exploring the potential, the possibility, pushing the boundaries and expanding the edges of where freedom can live, I think we owe it to them to give them a shot to do it and give them support. Case in point, I had a lot of people for a lot of years telling me that the grand jury thing is a waste of time. I've had major players, people with big names telling me that it's a waste of time. But here we are. We filed it with the help of two great senators, Kim Thatcher and Dennis Linthicum. It's in federal court, and I got great news for you. We just got confirmation from our process servers that Alex Azar, former head of the Health and Human Services Department, Xavier Becerra, current head of the Health and Human Services Department, and Robert Redfield, former head of the CDC, have all been officially served. We have two more people to get served, Rochelle Walensky and Brian Boyer, and then we're off to the races, and the judge has to rule on this petition and honor our right to petition the court for redress of grievances. So we're really excited about this, and we feel we're right on the doorstep of getting a grand jury impaneled. You can learn more at beyondthecon.com. That's beyondthecon.com on how you can support us. Folks, we'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio and our special guests, attorney Anna Garner and Julie Wentz, right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. Remember, sickness is slavery, but health is freedom. So 
Are you ready to take control of your health and rediscover what true freedom feels like? At EHI, we offer transformational courses in holistic nutrition, vaccine education, medical cannabis, and energetic cellular detoxification and fasting. Just finished up a course on that today, folks. Transformational. If you want to learn how to take control of your health, take that course. We have another one starting on May 20th. Learn what every doctor should know. Learn from people who really care and love what you'll learn for a lifetime. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org and bring the joy of energetic health into your life. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. You've been in that situation. The person next to you is sniffling or worse yet, (coughs) coughing. Flu, cold, and coronaviruses are everywhere. Wouldn't it be great if you had a way to reduce these threats with an invisible mask as an additional layer of protection? Sold by hundreds of pharmacists and medical doctors, our American-made povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray, Cofix RX, lasts for hours deactivating viruses and germs while protecting you from airborne pathogens that make us sick. America Out Loud listeners get 20% off. Use Cofix RX while in large groups, while traveling, or for any other type of high-risk situation as an additional layer of protection to help reduce your likelihood of catching a cold, the flu, or SARS-CoV-2 viruses. Right now, America Out Loud listeners get 20% off of all orders. Click our banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the how. You know, we've talked so much about the problems, but we have to talk about the how. How are we going to build out this new world? How are we going to build out something that not only is protected from overreach and gives us really that autonomy, that sovereignty that we all seek, Mm -hmm. but it's sustainable. It's going to last and stand that test of time because that's really what's in in front of us right now. I think we're all tired of the way things have been. So let's build out something new and better. I think that's that's where we're at today. So I'm excited to have two very special guests on with me, uh, joined today by attorney Anna Garner uh, from New Mexico Stands Up and Julie Wentz, founder of Freedom Healthcare. Ladies, how are you both doing today? Pretty good. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Very well. Thank you, Dr. H. All right. All right. Well, it's great to have you both. You know, Anna, we were talking about this idea of uh, private member associations, and I got super, super excited because I'm like, yes, I definitely want the government out of my business as much as possible, right? There's no reason that I should have to subject everything I do to some kind of central authority that I never agreed to. Like, I think that's what we're all seeing. So you've come up with a really cool strategy. I know you've worked with some people that have helped you construct this, but you've really been at the forefront of this. What can you tell our audience today? What are private member associations for starters? What are they to you? Well, a private membership association is nothing new. They've existed for quite a while. Uh, Examples of them are boys and girls clubs. Uh, The Democrat National Committee is a a private membership association. Uh, The difference that we have here are ours are faith-based organizations. Uh, So we have an exception to the 501c3 provision that most people are familiar with for charitable organizations. 
So we have a basis under 508C1A, and that is a specific exemption for faith-based organizations and educational associations, as well as the kind of healthcare association that Julia is working with right now. So they're, they're founded on constitutional principles of freedom of association, uh, freedom of speech, and also on natural, I would say natural law and contract law. So that's the, if you want to say legal basis of it, we do not use statutory law because we are trying to exit the you know, morass of millions of statutes that we're all subjected to. Um, the reason I, li I like the PMAs though, is because uh, being a private organization, a private association, you can pretty much do anything you could do legally in your own home. You may choose who comes into your home and who doesn't. And you're allowed to do that with a PMA. It's not discrimination, it's discernment. And with a faith-based organization, it's really critical that we find members who are of like minds. And there are many reasons for that and how that will facilitate us stepping out of the matrix. See, this is this is really interesting to me. You know, I, I've founded a 501c3, you know, the Energetic Health Institute, and you know, we we have really enjoyed that. But one of the concerns I had when I was looking through all the paperwork, you know, you're going through all this extensive paperwork and doing the filing and paying the fees and everything, was that essentially the government said they own, you know, my 501c3 nonprofit, my school. You know, and, I, and it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know that I really agree with that, but there's, it's this trade-off that you get. You can now, you know, solicit donations and things like that. And there's, you know, we're tax exempt and, and things like that. So if I was a five, if I'm a 501c3 and I want to convert my 501c3 with a tax exemption into a, um, into a private membership association, then is that legal or is there, do I have to start the whole process all over again? We do recommend you start the process over again. You would mm -hmm. set up the new, P, the new uh, entity, which would be an association. It would not be an LLC or a corporation. Anything that you have to ask the government for permission for, they're going to impose their various rules and restrictions. And that's what's happened with a lot of 501c3 organizations. They are not allowed to exercise free speech, political speech, because if they do, they will have their tax exempt status withdrawn. Under a 508, you don't have that sort of limitation. So you still have a tax exempt organization as a 508c1a, and you also can take tax deductible, uh, the donors can declare the deductions on their tax returns um, subject to certain income requirements. But basically it's the same type of deductions that they could claim if they were donating to a 501c3. The beauty of the 508c1a is you do not have to file anything to ask the, the government for permission to be a tax exempt organization, nor do you have to keep any records and show them any records. You don't even have to file a any type of filing with the IRS, you're specifically exempt from that. That's a beautiful thing. I mean, that's a way that we can step out of this system legally. And it's there for all of us and it is available. Uh, you can have your real estate that is conveyed to your 508 uh, PMA. You can have that taken off the tax rolls 
because you're using it for your ministry. And uh, pretty much anything can be a ministry, a faith-based organization. It's defined very uh, broadly in case law. So it just provides so much protection. You don't need permits, for example, uh, and I can talk about this later because there are different kinds of PMAs and they have different levels of protection. The highest level of protection comes from the one that is the private ministerial association. Okay. And, and that's like a church. It doesn't have to be a brick and mortar church. It can be you know, a ministry of whatever. I, my New Mexico Stands Up is a ministry. I am fighting for our God-given inalienable rights uh, to be restored. So this is a ministry. I was called by God. I don't have any problem calling this a ministry. I've always thought of it as a ministry. So now I'm a PMA. And I have a lot more leeway about what I can do under this particular uh, structure, we'll call it, under this structure. Well, when we talk about, like, you said that with Democratic National Convention is uh, 508C1A, um, is that correct? You know, it's, it is considered a private membership association, and I don't know that it would be under the 508C1A. Okay. Not all private membership associations fall under 508s, but the ones that we do do fall under them. So right. that's that's the difference. It's it's fascinating because years ago we learned that the NFL was a nonprofit until they finally that came out and they gave that up. The NFL for decades hadn't paid any taxes. They'd all it all been, you know, just a straight for profit kind of thing. And we've seen a lot of billionaires recently start getting into, you know, the, the 501c3 and the tax exemption, you know, and I don't know that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation falls into this, but they come to mind, you know, immediately. It's like, well, you know, you've got all this money. Why do you need to be exempt? You're not, what, what charitable work are you doing, you know, when, when there's so much for-profit going on? So it's, it's this like little loophole. It's like they move from the offshore accounts, you know, to, hey, we'll just keep our money here because, you know, we've essentially created some safe tax havens you know, for ourselves here, right? But that's not what you're doing here. You're saying, no, this is about faith, family, freedom. You know, this is about, you know, being called into service. And, and thankfully there is a legal um, mechanism in place for a person to establish based upon those principles of, of faith, family, freedom. And I, I support that 100%. Like we're, we're very interested in this. I, I'm sure we're gonna move in this direction uh, very soon. So you mentioned that there were other types of PMAs. What are some of those other types of PMAs, uh, private membership associations that people might want to be aware of? Well, in addition to the uh, private ministerial association, there's a private educational association, which people can use to facilitate getting their children out of the public indoctrination camps. And uh, they, it's, it's, can be a form of homeschooling. It can be a form of community micro schools. It's very flexible in how that's going to be set up. But a private educational association can also be a tax exempt and tax deductible type of uh, entity, just like the private ministerial association. We have also private social clubs. That would be restaurateurs who want to uh, create a private social club for their members to come and dine and enjoy alcohol or whatever they do in their restaurant and be able to uh, operate unencumbered from a lot of government mandates, for example. So if you have a private membership association, like a cigar clubs are one example, 
uh, after a lot of states passed laws not to allow you to smoke inside buildings, uh, cigar clubs popped up, you know, sort of like gentlemen's clubs, but they were a place where you could go and enjoy a cigar with other people around. That's a private membership association. So they're not subject to some of those other rules because of that. The, um, in addition to that, there are basic PMAs that would apply to places like hair salons, uh, gyms, the brick and mortar type uh, uh, businesses that already are in existence and where you would want to, want to go there to participate in. But there are still advantages of that because then you, are, you have a shield between you and government overreach. You do not need a business license because you're not a business, you're not a public business. You don't need the government's permission to be able to breathe and exercise without a mask, for example. Oh. So if those come back uh, and they try to close the gyms or they try to close the MMA uh, training places, we can provide the PMAs so that they will stay open and they will thrive during those types of, of uh, government uh, oppression. Wow. Well, well, this so is, those are the basic types. Yeah, this this is exciting because it sounds like there's so many options now that a lot of business owners didn't realize before. I certainly didn't realize. I mean, I was writing notes on the private educational association right off the bat and the private ministerial associate uh, association as well. These all just to, for a quick clarification, these all fall under the 508C1A designation or are there sub designations for the other ones? There are some that don't fall under that. The ones that wouldn't fall under them would be the, for example, the gyms or the hair salons. Okay. Now, there is a way you can consider integrating a faith-based organization with, let's say, uh, dining. You know, social activities are necessary for our good health. Eating good food is necessary for our good health. Uh, exercising. So there are things that you can have as a faith-based organization and still try to put, you know, and put some of these types of businesses under that ministerial umbrella, but you don't have to. So uh, the hair salons or the uh, gyms or the restaurants may choose not to do it that way, but they still have the shield of protection from the government overreach. And that would be a desirable reason why to have, you know, why you would want to um, make your uh, business a, a private membership association. Oh, this is, this is fantastic. You know, I, I'm, I'm getting like so many ideas, you know, coming to my head. So, you know, one of the th questions that I do have is, is, you know, how do these really protect the, the members and, and the founders, the trustees and everything from the government overreach? Because I mean, I could see a situation where the rubber meets the road, right? And there's some conflict and confrontation. So how do these really work to protect um, the people that, that, um, that create them? Well, it's just like the freedom that you would have in your own home, on your own property. You can invite the people that you want to have on your property. And uh, do you wear a mask when you have social encounters with people in your own property? No, you probably <laughs> don't. And so it's, it's the same thing you could do in your own home. The only restriction is you cannot do anything that would intentionally cause evil. But we're looking at faith-based organizations for people who are already God-led people who have faith. We want to deal with only those kind of people. We only want those people in our businesses. We don't want the snitches and the government, you know, 
whatever. We don't want those in our business anyway. So we have a private membership association that, that where members agree, we are here in good faith to partake of your uh, ministry, your services, whatever you are offering, your goods, your retail store, if it's a retail store. And we're not here to enforce any government uh, mandate, law, et cetera. And we also will not sue any other member of a PMA. And that particular language got me to thinking about having national organizations where PMAs come together, these faith-based organizations come together, and we agree we will not sue anyone in the courts of man for any dispute we have with anyone in any PMA that is God-led or faith-based. And the way that that can work is we start setting up our own uh, dispute resolution system, our own judicial system, if you will, that works alongside the existing judicial system. And just to quote Buckminster Fuller, you know, he said, we can't build on broken systems. We have many broken systems here now. What we have to do is create new systems that make the old systems obsolete. And so by doing this, by stepping out of the judicial system for civil disputes, by stepping out of the system for, uh, uh, you know, having to ask for uh, permission to be able to operate a restaurant, you know, food permissions, alcohol permissions, uh, workers comp, you know, all of these things that would be required in the public domain are not required in the private domain. So that's how it provides us with that shielding. And interestingly, the mentor that I, the uh, not mentor, the teacher that I had who um, provided me with his years of experience and forms was formerly a policeman. And in his younger days, he found out that, you know, he was instructed by the, the chief police officer, don't bother this club in town. They are a private club. They don't have to close at 2 a.m. like other bars and restaurants because they're a private club. They can stay open all night if they want, and they can serve alcohol on Sunday if they want. And he found out about that. And he's thinking, hmm, what is this little uh, organization that doesn't have to follow the same rules as the other uh, organizations do. And that's what got him interested in this. And so he studied it his whole life and he's done a good job. So this is wonderful. The thing I think that makes it so simple, first of all, everyone, I want to remind everybody listening, this is attorney Anna Garner. So this isn't somebody that's just making something up and just saying that, oh yeah, I, I did a little, you know, Google homework and you know, I came up with this and we're going to see if this is going to work. This is someone that knows what she's talking about, right? And that the person who educated her on this was from law enforcement, <laughs> okay? So that's a pretty good idea that what you're getting in terms of information is this, especially if you're a business owner, could be a, a plausible solution because what have we been talking about for a long time? We've been talking about how do we make sure this never happens again? Well, there are the larger things that we can take on, right? The larger things of constitutional amendments and state amendments and, and state resolutions and laws and all that. And then you have to convince all these people to agree and please give me permission to be free. Give me permission to, I can't stand asking for permission. That's why I left my parents' house, right? <laughs> I left my mom and dad's house because I was tired of asking for permission. And I said, look, I can take care of myself. I don't need your permission to exist, Mr. Government official. 
I just want to be left alone to do what brings me joy and brings goodness into my communities. Well, that's what it sounds like these are for. How can I bring goodness in my community the way I want and get you to leave me alone with your stupid rules that are not based in science, even though you keep throwing that in my face as if they are, right? Folks, when, what, I, what I'm suggesting to you is this, the longer you wait for someone to rescue you from the horrors of these last two years, the longer it's going to take for you to be free. Your freedom is going to have to be a result of the effort you put in. You're going to have to be a part of your own rescue on this. So if you're a business owner and you're tired of the way that you got treated, that you were considered non-essential and somebody that has never met you can just shut you down, then let's do something about it. Let's listen and, to some attorneys and do something about it. What were you going to say? And Henry, I, I forgot one of the most important PMAs of all. Oh my goodness. The segue to, to Julie's uh, part, and that is healthcare. There, there are private healthcare associations now springing up because they see the huge need for an alternative system. So I, I, I can't believe I forgot that one, but that's, that's a really important one. Well, we're going to get to Julie right after the break, but I think she would have been like at the break, Anna, Anna, what are you doing? Right. You, we, you brought me here to talk about private health care associations and you didn't even mention them. Folks, I think I, I, what I'm what I'm hearing here and which is, is very exciting are reasonable, calm solutions. Right. Just give my audience a, an, an idea on a right before we go to break. How much does something like this cost to put together? You know, some like your services, paperwork, all that stuff. What does something like this cost to enact? It's, uh, it's very affordable, really, and you'll probably recoup your money uh, within the first year for most people uh, in terms of savings of taxes and that sort of thing. Um, but they, they're around 2000 to 2500 typically, and I pay a tithe for everyone that I do. I pay a tithe to my teacher so that that continues to help him help other people to do this. And uh, I pay my staff, you know, a certain amount. So some of that money goes to other expenses, but they're very affordable. Almost everybody who's a business person or, or a professional uh, a healthcare provider can afford these. That's on, the, that's on the level of what it costs to get the 501c3 put in, in place. You know, I mean, this is just cost of doing business. Is that an annual cost or it's just a one-time cost for setting up? It's a one-time cost for setting up. And then I provide support because people have a lot of questions after they get it set up. Can I do this? Can I do that? Sure. And so I provide support in the form of uh, periodic Zoom uh, meetings. And if anybody who's listening would like an invitation to our next Zoom meeting, they can just shoot me an email. Um, I don't know if you want to put the email below the, we'll we'll put it in the show notes for sure. And we'll, and okay. we'll def, definitely make sure people know how to get to you. We'll, we'll make sure you and Julie get a chance to talk about it at the end of the next segment for sure. But thank you so much for that education. I, I have a much better understanding of the potential of what these are. And it's folks, we have to be able, willing to explore these potentials, right? We just, we have to in this day and age, because we're all looking for the exit door. This looks like one of them to me. All right. When we get right back, we're going to come back with uh, Julie Wentz, founder of Freedom Healthcare. She's going to talk about her experience and let's get this right, Julie, right? Setting up yes. private healthcare association, because she's actually done it. 
And we're going to get the what it what that looks like and what that feels like because the, the the smile on your face, Julie, tells me that it feels great to have a private healthcare association. The government can't tell you what to do. We'll be right back with That's more right. Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Folks, emergencies don't last for years. From the outset, the CDC repeatedly violated federal laws to hyperinflate COVID data and defraud the American people. And it's not just defrauding, it's criminal defrauding of the American people. It's criminal willful misconduct. Let's make sure we're calling things what they are. We have a great event coming up May 12th through May 14th, beyondthecon.com. You can go to beyondthecon.com and check out COVIDCon and beyond. And what we're doing with this event, folks, is number one, all proceeds are going to go to support um, helping people who are injured heal, support making sure criminals get put in jail and support making sure this never happens again. So what we're going to be doing is not talking about all the things you already have heard. We're going to be talking about real deal solutions, solutions like these private membership associations. We're going to be talking about how you get to engage your life and take control in a society that wants you to become a sheep and a slave to their systems. We're going to show you how to get out of those shackles and say, nope, I was born free. I'm going to live free and my children are going to do the same. That's what Beyond the Con is all about. So go to beyondthecon.com, May 12th, May 14th. Check it out. First day is free. You can sign up right on the website. Uh, If you register, you get access to all the videos. We have great presenters, Dr. David Martin, Dr. Uh, Zelenko, Kevin Jenkins, Dr. Carrie Madej, and and many, many more. I'll be presenting there and talking about some stuff on um, what we've learned about healing from the injuries and stuff like that from the shots. Folks, there's so much we can do. Let's get in the business of moving beyond the BS. All right. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. As Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. In today's world, there's no escaping the headlines filled with warnings about emerging viruses and dangerous superbugs. Genesis is the only technology that safely and effectively obliterates harmful pathogens both on the air and on surfaces. Genesis plus HOCL neutralize these threats to your environment in just seconds. Find out more about this amazing technology at genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a 15% discount. With Genesis, you'll be prepared for what's next. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply. 
and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, let's keep talking about this private membership associations uh, thing here. This is a really cool idea. We're going to be uh, now talking with Julie Wentz, the founder of Freedom Healthcare, and we're going to actually see what's happening. I think, Julie, this was a private healthcare association. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. And um, I love, you know, everybody really needs to listen to what Anna spoke about. Mm-hmm. Um, she's brilliant in her knowledge of this, and it's just going to be really exciting to see what's happening. I had first learned about PMAs a year and a half ago, and then as we've watched how this last year and a half has unfolded, it was just like, okay, this is the next step. This is where God is taking mm-hmm. us. And her knowledge and how quickly um, she's been putting these things together, and I'm just so grateful that she's you know, being behind the scenes and out front, even protecting what we're doing and all of the other people that are coming on board. It's great. Well, I think that's, that's really good. One of the things I was impressed with Julie was that there's that follow-up support as well. It's not like, Hey, we helped you do the paperwork now, go figure it out on your own. It's like, no, there's, we are getting back into a very communal understanding of how to work with each other. That, I did something for you and I'm going to be available because I'm standing by my work, right? Your success is my success, Mm -hmm. right? What a tremendous feeling it is, especially when you're bringing groups of people together that are are faith bound as well, right? Faith, family, freedom, right? It's, It's really, really simple. And it's something that I think everyone can get behind, at least the people that have faith in our lives as well, right? So let's, let's jump in here. Because I want to know, I, I had a question for you that we didn't have on our board, but I, I, I'm going to ask it. I think it's a, a good one. How long did it take for you from the initiation of saying, okay, I want to do this and, and starting to work with, with Anna? How long did it take before it was like, oh, the paperwork's done and it's official? How long did that take? The paperwork was no time at all. The paperwork was probably, I don't know, back and forth, maybe a week. Um, when we were putting it all together. So not a long period of time. There's already a lot of, um, you know, standardization, at least to what we've done, the private ministerial association. We are a private membership association, but we are a ministry and our ministry is healthcare. So if people are worried about it taking a long time, it really doesn't. I think it was um, less time than doing a normal business license or uh, even the 501c3 and all the paperwork or the 501c4 that we had before, all of the paperwork that was involved. Um, but Freedom Healthcare is a private ministerial association, like you said, Faith, Family, and Freedom. God's at the head of ours. Um, but we are a private membership association, which gives us the ability to bring all types of traditional and alternative practitioners under one umbrella. So as well as provide technology and medicines that were not or are not normally available to the general public under standard existing traditional health care and insurances or that's been held back from the public. Um, it's just been amazing as, you know, each day as I've started, you know, started on this trajectory every day, it's like, okay, God, 
you know, there's a lot of this that's outside my wheelhouse. You will need to bring the people that will have the pieces of the puzzle to move this forward. And, you know, I'm the hands and feet, I'm the organizer, but God is just bringing amazing people forward, people that I would never have met and that have technology and medicinal products that are actually healing. There are things coming that have been kept from us that we're going to be able to bring to the general public inside the membership. People have to be a member of Freedom Healthcare. What does membership entail? Is it, is it like if somebody were to join Freedom Healthcare, is it like a monthly fee that they're paying? What, what does that look like for someone? It's, it's going to be a couple of different things. There is a yearly membership fee, but then based on uh, whether they're looking at the, the DPC clinics or the telehealth or the concierge services, there'll be a monthly membership fee for specific services. So a yearly general membership fee and then monthly based on what they want. And it sounds, cause it sounds to me like it's really affordable now with, from a, from a person's perspective, after they've paid the membership fees, are there additional fees that they have to pay for services rendered or something like that? What's the structure? Give, give our audience a good feel for, for what, let's, let's take the position that our audience was like, hey, I'd like to become a member of Freedom Healthcare. What would it look like for them? What would they be getting? What are their expectations? Well, and there's, there's a couple different things. So first, we structured Freedom Healthcare as a nonprofit ministry to maintain those benefits of being that protected entity, the nonprofit that Anna mentioned, but also allows the donations to be tax deductible, which is a great part of being a ministry like a church, that that can be tax deductible. Um, and then the other benefits that are just options that we can provide our members, whether it's nature-based holistic, alternative, and traditional methods for health. So we're stepping out of the matrix, out of the current system, and working towards providing an alternative standard of care. So in the current system, a standard of care means you're sick and you have to be taken care of with drugs and procedures, but we're creating a new standard of health for all people. So foundational health is what we're all about. So it will depend. There will be... um, there's different phases. I'll go into in a few minutes, the different phases or trajectory, but as someone comes in, there'll be a telehealth option or the clinic option, and there'll be a monthly membership fee for the basics, for that basic coverage, doctor visits, um, in-person visits. If they wanted some specialty um, thing on the side, say they wanted IV therapy or acupuncture or different alternative processes, that would be something different. If someone has, um, just for example, say someone has um, cardiac issues or needs a cardiologist, we would have a cardiologist available maybe once or twice a week in each clinic. The person could come see them and then they would have the option of also um, there might be a little upcharge on the monthly amount for that cardiologist. There's also a lot of really cool things in the works that we're looking for because since we are stepping out of the system and people really need to keep their mind open to how we're stepping out. So we're dealing with traditional insurances, traditional healthcare. We won't be taking traditional insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, because CMS decides what we can and cannot do. And we will not be held down by the government or anybody else with what we're going to offer. So it'll be, you know, private pay, but we also have some great brains working on the insurance piece, 
what would it look like to have an in, internal insurance ability for not only the clinics, but then the other pieces down the road? No, that, that, it makes a lot of sense. We've, we've heard people doing, you know, really talking about these ideas. I know there was this uh, idea in Chinese medicine years ago, and I'm not, let's separate Chinese medicine from China, right, for a lot of people. When we get into Chinese medicine, it was the doctor was paid only when the patient was healthy. You know, when the patient was sick, now it was the doctor's responsibility to use the, the money that they had accrued and their expertise to help return the patient to health. I mean, that was one thing I'd heard about. One of the things I've been seeing a lot, Julie, that's been really exciting is people are talking more and more about the hospital model doesn't work, right? The hospital model doesn't work. Not only is it a place where people go to, to get more infections and to get really dispassionate care, but it's turned into a prison system now for, for patients to come in where you just honestly don't know if your loved one is going to come out once they go in. So what a lot of doctors have been proposing is, and this is actually my oldest memory. My oldest memory is a doctor home visit. All right. I had a doctor come with his, uh, his uh, black leather bag, you know, and everything. And he gave me a shot. And then I went running into the bathroom and locked the door and I freaked my grandmother out. And she was like, baby, come out, baby, come out. And I was like, oh, uh -uh, I don't know what he did with that needle, but it's not going in my arm again. But I think what we're seeing is a return to that where we're talking about, hey, um, you know, what if doctors just came and visited people at their houses? Right? How cool would that be? Because now you're you're actually reducing tremendous overhead at the same time. So um, you know, you you've you're you're still playing with structure and, and it's developing. So one of the things I do want to get everybody in the mindset of is do not expect with any of these new steps into this brave new world a finished product, right? I think that's the first thing to prepare everybody. But do prepare yourself to work with people who actually care about you, right? We, I, I can, I can tell you, Julie, every day of the week, I can easily, you know, deal with a business that's developing as long as they care about me and care about my family. And I think that's something that Freedom Healthcare is going to be bringing to the forefront, right? You know, straight up. So, oh, um, yeah, yeah. So you, you had a, you did a certain structure with this, and I know, and I want to give you a chance to really explain why you did it. So, why did you choose the structure the way you did for Freedom Healthcare? Well. I couple things. Um, first, the timing of Freedom Healthcare, why this is so perfect, is we watched over the last two years, like we've talked about previously, the real agenda that most of us have been blind to, that everything is focused on high-level profit and pushing drugs instead of focusing on getting back to our true health, our true state of health. So we've watched this evil symbiotic relationship between the food industry and big pharma sell processed foods, which are full of sugar, and sugar creates inflammation, and inflammation creates disease. And then the doctors are simply prescribing a pill, and then another pill, and then another pill for the side effects of the first pill. So it's just this vicious cycle where humanity is simply a petri dish and a money pot for big pharma. And that's not what our God-given you know, immune system was meant to be. We were meant to be healthy humans. Everything in nature is out there that we need. God has provided everything, not these fake drugs just because it's a money machine. So as each of these pieces, as God brought me each of these pieces, it really started with, you know, the visions and the information that I was given. And the first one was a clinic, but so many things have come from that. And 
the direction that it's going and the process that it's in is there's so many pieces and then people are coming into play with the pieces to make this uh, completely a, a full working piece. And like Anna talked about, we're, we're looking at sharing this, um, sharing the ideas of the PMAs and the structure across the country. And that's our goal here is we nail this down, we launch it in Arizona, and then we share it with the rest of the country because we want everybody to be healthy. We want them to have the choices that they want to actually who they want to see, what they want to take. Nobody's telling what they can or cannot take. And the, so the structure is, has kind of become this, this thing that's morphing as we go along. And it's so interesting. You talked about the home visits because we have four phases that we'll actually be launching. Launching And the first phase is, is a telehealth, so virtual house calls and home visits. So we'll have home visits in there. And then also a pre and postnatal maternity care. And, and this just shows, you know, the people that God is bringing with these pieces. So we're not, we're recreating something new, like Anna said, outside of the matrix. We're stepping out of the matrix, but we're not creating new things that have already been. So existing processes that have been before, we're bringing inside the PMA so that everybody can benefit from. And then phase two are um, clinical wellness uh, clinics. Uh, an in-person concierge, there's a, a clinic urgent care fusion, and then pharmacy, but also pharmacy with an F, where it's truly health related. You yeah, know, so we're no, going to no do everything. Harmacies. We... You're not going to, you're not going to have any pharmacies then. Harmacies, right? har no pharmacy. Yeah, the, the see, that, that's the thing. People have been mispronouncing that word forever. The P is actually silent. It's, it is it's, it's the pharmaceutical industry, right? You just have to, you're we, right. For some reason we keep saying the, the P in there and it's like, no, no, that's not what it is. But <laughs> wait, so, so, so what's your, what's your next one? <laughs> what's your next phase? Um, so, so that's, um, that's phase two, all of those pieces. We're also working on um, custom branded nutraceuticals. There's people mm. that are bringing information that you won't be able to find anywhere. I mean, it's just amazing what God is bringing forth. Um, phase three will be micro hospitals. And again, in specialty surgery in these hospitals with an urgent care fusion. Again, it's membership-based. We're not like a traditional hospital or a traditional clinic where you can walk in. Everybody has to be a member. We're not going to be taking 911 calls off the street. We're not going to be, you know, taking people specifically that have other insurances. This is a membership. We are a family. Like Anna said, we are a family. We work within the family. The family is a membership and we work together to help people get to that place of their foundational health. And then phase four in each of these phases have, have come based on the information. Um, we're going to have a, a surgical and medical training center. Part of this came from some of the conversations when I was still um, doing the, the paperwork for the employees of the medical systems here, trying to help them save their jobs. Uh, tons of nurses that couldn't finish school were calling going, what do we do? We're in our fourth term. We have to do our clinicals. We don't want to get the jab. What do we do? We lost so many nurses this year. We lost so many good young nurses because they couldn't do the clinical because they were being forced the experimental gene therapy. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, we have got to have a nursing school. We're going to have to have training centers. There'll also be a compound pharmacy, as well as an educational center, um, lab and research, the things that we need to actually bring the things to the public that are healing, as well as fitness and nutrition. 
So we're looking at the full gamut because what we're doing is body, mind, spirit. We're encompassing everything. And with the God, with God at the head of this was when I was going through the Bible, looking for the verse that would be at the head of all this, I ended up landing on um, Exodus 15, 26 and Exodus, because we are exiting the system and 1526, which is, I am the Lord that heals you. He has everything we need in nature to heal. We're just here to share it, get it out to people, get outside the pharmacy end of the, the medical system now, which we know the destruction that's happening to people inside the systems. We have a right to be healthy. We have a right to use our God-given immune systems, and we have a right to choose what we want to do with our bodies. So that's that's the focus. And I'm uh, I'm I'm really blown away in a in a in a great way um, because you know we can build this better world. We there are some elements that we can take with us. You know, we we know what the needs are, right? We know that. Yes, there needs to be an emergency component. There needs to be a long-term component. There needs to be certainly an integration of natural therapies, right? I mean, it's preposterous to me to think that, you know, God would put us on this beautiful planet and not give us everything we need, right? It's just, it's just preposterous yeah. when, you, when you think about it. So if we work from that premise of we have everything we need, it's just up to us to learn how to use it then that brings in that element of education. And you may not be aware of this, and, but and very few white coats will, um, and I call them the white coats now, very few white coats will admit this. Uh, they get on average 19.6 contact hours of, of nutrition throughout their entire medical experience. So if you know food is thy medicine and thy medicine is thy food, then how can you help someone if you don't know what is medicinal about food, right? So, you know, I, I've, I've been, it's really nice to hear that, like, look, this is what it is. We're not going to go to the pharmaceutical industry for their potential solutions and say, hey, that's what it is. No, we're going to go to what God has given us, right? What God has laid, and we're going to understand how to really use it. Um, and what we've been learning a lot recently is the is the importance of not eating. And that's, of course, in the Bible many, many times is the the power of fasting. In fact, every major culture embraces a, a fasting period, at least one every year. We've gotten away from that. And when the further we get away, it's so amazing. The further we get away from God, the further we get away from nature, the worse off we become. Right. It's, right. it's pretty straightforward. Right. So it's like, what's the obvious solution? Um, return to God <laughs> and a return to nature. And and getting and understanding that you don't have to give up all some of the conveniences you have and things like that, but you, you do have to give up is the preconceived ideas that have been put in your head so that people can profit off you. Those you got to give up. You got to divorce yourself from those. So um, what I what I want to do is give you both a chance to really share with where people can connect with you and start getting involved, you know, and saying, look, I want to join this community. Hey, I want to I want to create a community like this. Uh, maybe in, in some other way, uh, an educational community or, or a ministry community, but I want to have that protection that government isn't going to come in and tell me what to do. So uh, Julie, first you with uh, Freedom Healthcare, what can people do to connect with you, learn more and start getting involved in this private, um, this private membership association? Well, there's a few things they can do. First, they can go check out our website, which is www.freedom-healthcare.com. Dot us freedom-healthcare.us. 
um, check out the information that we have there. The website will be continuously growing, but they can find that information there. Um, staff can put in applications. There's a contact us for people uh, that want to ask questions or get involved. You know, after some of this information, there's already 13 states that want to know when we're going to have clinics in their states. So the mm-hmm. need is really out there. The need is there. And it's just a matter of the biggest thing is being a ministry like a church. Um, we will rely on donations to get each of these phases up and going. Now, once they're up and going, they're self-sufficient. But to launch each phase and then also maintain the oversight um, will run like a ministry, which will be done with donations. So the biggest thing people can do is go to the website and donate. There's different levels. There's reoccurring donations. Every single thing is helpful and it's all tax deductible, which I just love that part because it's a win-win for everybody. But they can get involved. They can start thinking about, you know, would they like to put people together um, in their state or volunteer? You know, there's different things they can do, but go to the website. Definitely please donate. That's the biggest part to get this going. Everything we're doing is for everybody that's out there. This is all for every single person across the country. Many hands make for light work, folks, right? Many hands make for light work, and we have a lot of work to do, so we better make that work as light as possible. All right, Anna, how can people connect with you? I'm a business owner, and I want to I wanna work with you to help me get this protection I want. I want the government out of my business. What can I do? How can I connect with you? Well, I would suggest that you go to our website, which is NM for New Mexico, nmstandsup.org. And uh, feel free to write me at my email, which is nmstandsup at protonmail.com. And if you want to get on our list for the next Zoom meeting we have, that's a Q&A type of Zoom meeting that gives you some extra information that you might not have heard today. Uh, we have that. And a lot of people want to investigate and I provide them with materials and uh, that sort of thing for them to look at the IRS statutes themselves and to look at legal articles that have been written about PMAs and to review other types of information. So I want people to be informed and to feel comfortable about what they're doing. And and also to know, I didn't have a chance to mention this, but there are probably more than a dozen attorneys in the nation that I'm getting in contact with who are doing PMAs. And they see that as providing a much better service to people than practicing law does at this point. So there are quite a few of us who are getting on this on this uh, particular train, because we see that as an opportunity to help people exit the matrix. <laughs> Man, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. Um, I think it's, I think it's very interesting that we don't have to fight. You know, the main thing that I'm getting from both of you, Julie and Anna, and thank you both so much for being my special guest today is that not every solution, like we keep talking about, let's make sure this never happens again. Not every solution has to be a fight. Sometimes it's just like you suggested in, uh, through the Buckminster Fuller quote, you just make it obsolete. It'll, it'll die out. It's die, I mean, it's dying out in front of our eyes right now on a rapid pace. So now you can decide, do you want to be a part of that, that death or do you want to step away from it and be a part of building life? You know, do you want to be a part of building something new that people can gravitate towards and say, you know, I'm glad I made that move when I did five years from now, 10 years from now, you're looking back, you're like, I'm glad I made that move. 
when I did, because making that move changed my life for the better. And I was able to connect with people of like mind, like heart, and in this case, like faith that allowed me to not have to pretend that I'm someone else or, you know what I'm talking about when you go out in public and you're just like, you know, I've been watching the last two years, really more than that, but especially the last two years and people trying to make God a bad word, right? How dare you? <laughs> yeah. How, how dare you, right? I mean, yeah. this is what it comes down to um, is that, you know, your belief system doesn't have a, a right to infringe upon mine because mine doesn't have a right to infringe upon yours. We can all coexist if we have that in our hearts, right? But that's what I like what you all are doing is talking about coexistence, but without force. And I think that's really a beautiful thing. Like, look, just let's go build something better, right? Let's just go build something better. So th thank you both for, for being here today. It's such a pleasure. Uh, the, the, this is probably the most peaceful show I've ever <laughs> done on Energetic Health Radio, and it's very welcome right now. So thank you so much. All right, here are my final thoughts, everyone. Uh, first of all, do you really want the government telling you to put masks on again or that you can't stay open if you're a business owner because your business isn't essential? Do you want anyone telling you that you can't worship among your fellow friends of God? Do you want someone telling you that you have to take a gene modification shot or you can't live free? If the answer to those is no, and it should be, then let's do something about it. Let's take proactive steps to prevent criminals from hurting us rather than reactive steps when criminals come calling. And they will, they'll come calling again. So next time they come calling, let's be prepared. Let's be fully prepared and saying, it doesn't matter what you say, we don't need you. We've built out a parallel society. We are comfortable where we are and we understand the risks. We're good. You go take that nonsense somewhere else. All the lies and corruption, go take it somewhere else. Remember folks, our path to victory has four divine challenges for us all. To take no offense, to speak truth, to be selfless, and to remain humble. May our creator shine his divine light down upon us, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. Next week, folks, we'll talk more about energetic cleansing and cellular detoxification, advanced natural medicine for creating energetic health so you can have life skills that help you avoid hospitals and doctors that don't care about you. Until next week, I'm Dr. Henry Ely for the Energetic Health Institute and for Energetic Health Radio, and I say to you, aloha and adios. Mm -hmm.